what time is it there? 5 a.m. No way. I would have got up for 2 a.m. for you. Like, uh, I'm I like, to- I wouldn't. <laughs> well, I used to do breakfast radio, so getting up this early for me is not a big deal. But radio. I-, I love how you say radio. Radio. <laughs> radio. I know. You always radio. love my accent. <laughs> Oh, it's, I'm obsessed with it. I'm obsessed. I just met this Australian gal the other day and like she was at this party I was at and I was like, everything she said, I loved it. I was like, say this again. <laughs> is, is that why you said yes to coming on this podcast? Just so you could yeah, hear my podcast? <laughs> yeah, like I, me, podcast. I'm from Chicago and you're like, podcast? Like everything's like a question? <laughs> You know how you feel after a couple of glass of bubbles? You're confident, you're self-assured, and you're ready to take on the world? Imagine if you had the strength and awareness to do that when the buzz wears off. I'm Heidi Anderson, author, former radio host, and CEO of my own company, and this podcast is about building your confidence by stepping outside your comfort zone. Welcome to Champagne Confidence. Today's guest, I have been stalking for the last couple of years and manifesting her onto this podcast. I found her uh, through her own podcast, which has had 15 million plus downloads. It is called The Angie Lee Show. And she honestly just feels like your best friend, you know, the best friend that you've been searching for. She helps you own your weird. She helps you start before you're ready with her own movement. Ready is a lie. She also has a movement where she gets people to sun their buttholes. (laughs) Oh, honestly, I loved this chat so much. I got up at 5am to talk to Angie Lee all the way over from the USA. She is a marketing genius, uh, a health and wellness guru, and she is all about bringing you back to being your true authentic self. Uh, uh, I can't wait. So I was going to say press play, but obviously you already have because you're here. (laughs) Here she is, Angie Lee. Anything today, if there's anything that makes you uncomfortable or whatever, you know how it is. I know you're a professional. You've done this a million times. I'll just say, say usually nothing is though. So, well, I kind of think you're, we're very similar. We have similar sense of humor. So, and very, I would say you said the other day that you're an oversharer and I'm like, no, you're not. You're just sharing. I hate that we have to label ourselves oversharers just because we have honest conversations. You're right. I'm going to stop saying oversharing. You're right. You're right. I guess compared to well, the only reason I think that is because people tell me they're like, oh, hey, sending you this picture because I feel like you're an overshare. So you'll appreciate this. I'm like, oh, they like I'm telling them too much, you know? So yeah. no, well, I, I was the same. And I, I remember when I left radio, I was trying to write my bio and I was like oversharer. Yeah. And then I thought, actually, no, I'm not. I'm just sharing yeah. my truth and I'm sharing my sense of humor and I'm sharing me and yeah. people have labeled me that. And then I've started to call myself that. And, and, you know, and so I've let go of the over now. And I was like, when I was listening to you on your podcast, I'm like, no girl, you're just a sharer. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to say that I am just a sharer. You're just a just sharer. A sharer. <laughs> I'm just a share. I am not an overshare. <laughs> no. So can you just tell um tell me about your stories in the last 24 hours? What's been happening on your Instagram stories? <laughs> oh, which well, uh, I just mean, it's the always, butt photos. Um, I mean, it's always insanity. So 
I'm at the point where I give zero. I don't know. Wait, I, I give zero fucks, you know? So um, it's funny because people like if I'm like, like people that I know here, whatever, like be out at a cafe and like, oh, I watch your stuff. You're really weird. And I'm always like, oh, no, they're like seeing the weird shit. But then I'm like, wait, Angie, you put that out there. So I'm always when people are like, oh, I saw the weird story the other day. I'm like, which like, what do you ta- I don't know which, <laughs> which one, one you're talking about. <laughs> I talk about butthole sunning. Oh, yeah. yeah so that was it. So but I just loved your reaction and how people were, you know, putting their undies in it, their legs fully in the air with buildings behind. I mean, it was too good. I was I was lolling. Yeah. Lolling, lolling, lolling. LOLing. Yeah. I mean, I, I started a movement that yeah. I want people to butt sun, you know, I want people to feel free. I want people to just feel like they're a silly goose, you know? Well, would we be able to do that in Australia? Because the rays are much harsher here. We'd probably need sunscreen on our buttholes. <laughs> the rays are harsher. Okay. You need like a little bit of, you need, you need to go slow. So only, okay. only do like two minutes. And um, then, you know, put a little sheet over your hoo-ha and um, don't let it get burnt. I'm very light skinned. So like it would be very red for me. So yeah, similar to you, like just <laughs> let it let it cool off. Then <laughs> don't stand out there for like an hour with your legs up, you know, give it like two minutes. Oh, go inside two minutes. I was going to say, though, oh, one of my girlfriends, she actually talks about sunning your vulva. Because she's a sexuality coach and she was like, it's oh, an absolute yeah. game changer. So she does the opposite to you. So she puts her like legs, she doesn't cover the hoo-ha basically. She's like, bring it on and does it regularly too on her yep. story. So I was like, you guys have to meet. <laughs> I feel like, no, I feel like that is healthy. I was thinking about the other day. I'm like, I need, I need to start doing that because I feel like our private parts, like in our boobs, like they don't see the light, the sun. Yeah. And I feel like it's very healing for like women used to walk around like naked, obviously. So like now clothing is such an interesting thing. So why, we probably should be walking around with our just like things getting the the rays, you know? Yes. Yes. Oh, I love it. I love that. This is how we started the podcast as well. Talking. Oh, about it's already how- recording. Oh, shit. <laughs> I start recording from the very get go because you never know oh. what you're going to get. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, they welcome everyone to the butthole sunning <laughs> podcast. You're welcome. Is, is that what we're going to call this episode, Angie? Yeah. Butthole sunning. Like people, people at first are like, oh, are you doing it for the health benefits? And it's like, yeah, but what it does is it liberates you and it makes you realize that you don't, who cares what your neighbors think? Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> I love that. That's, that's exactly, my whole thing. You know, that, well, that's, that's my mission with shed your shit and champagne confidence. It's yeah. like giving less fucks. You don't need the alcohol to be champagne confident. You know, you can have yeah. it without it to not worry what everyone else thinks. Cause we get so stuck in our mind. And that's why I was like, I have to get you on the podcast because that is what you embody every single day. And I know Aww. that you're doing a massive, you know, um, pivot in your business right now, but also just you as a person really following your heart with comedy. And yeah. so I was like, I've got to get her on the podcast just to talk about how she unleashes her champagne confidence to not yeah. worry what people think with your sense of humor. Yeah, I definitely don't care. I mean, okay, okay like a little bit, of course, everyone does, but over time, you just kind of get to the point where you realize that it's so exhausting to fake it. And it's so exhausting to not be yourself. I always say inauthenticity mm-hmm. is exhausting. So, I mean, I've always just kind of been this way. I've always been unhinged. I've always been weird and wild. And I say the thing that most people in the room are not wanting to say out loud, but I just say <laughs> yeah. it. And a lot of times that's what comedy is, is saying what's, what's evident and what's there and what's real. And I think that comes with, uh, 
yeah, you, you have to build a, a muscle around that and, and knowing that not everybody's going to like it, but it, the ones who do love it. And I do have to give a lot of credit to my parents. I think good parenting changes the world. And my, my mom did a really good job allowing me to be me. And I really hope that that's the gift that I give my future daughter or son. And it's like, she, she let me be weird and wild. She, she let me not follow the rules. She, if I wanted to wear something really embarrassing to school and look like a total dork, like she was like, cool, rock it. Like who cares what you're wearing? You know, like at the end of the day, nobody's thinking about you as much as you are thinking about you. And it's the same with the internet. Like the minute that I decided to not pretend to be all polished and perfect and, and somebody I wasn't, that's when more people started to join my community and felt connected to me. So it ended up being the biggest blessing when I'm like, if I'm going to act like how I act in real life with my friends on the internet, like I better just do it because if it's different, then that's not congruent. And yeah. so I'm really big about congruency. Like I meet a lot of people who I follow online and they're not the same person. And I'm like, how are you pretending to be two different people? But if you know, my girlfriend's over. I, I swear I make poop jokes. I'm inappropriate. Like I'm, I'm pretty weird and crazy. And I have a very interesting, sarcastic sense of humor. I, I, and I hold some of it back on the internet, but I like to try to at least be most of that because I want people to feel like I want women to feel like you can be crazy and silly and weird and funny. And you can also be smart and intelligent and, and successful. And I can have very deep conversations, but I also mm. usually can, I, I can laugh at poop jokes, you know? And so I think there's this interesting dichotomy that I want to share with people because you don't usually see that a lot. You see one or the other. And so that's kind of my mission now is like, how do I show women to just be wild and free? Like just whatever that looks like for you, just be crazy, wild and free. Well, you're (laughs) empowering other women at the same time. And I, I mean, I've watched the evolution of you over the last couple of years and I left radio and I don't even know how I came across you on your podcast, which is absolutely phenomenal for those who want to get around Angie's podcast. Honestly, it was a game changer for me starting in business because I got very boxed in, in radio, you know, so Mm. I did feel like I'd lost part of myself, but you gave me this permission slip as a business owner to just show up as exactly who I am. And that's what I taught women to unleash their confidence in, in their business. So how did you get to that point? How does Angie start to unleash that champagne confidence to become her true self? Yeah. Like I said, I'm interviewed on energy a lot. I have a a lot of energy. And so people will say like, what's your secret? Is it like a certain green juice or, and yeah, I do all the biohacks and butt sunning and (laughs) work. (laughs) I work out a lot and you know, all that stuff. But at the end of the day, I really believe that people who have the most vibrant energy and are really aligned and connected to their purpose, they aren't attached to other people's judgments of them. And, and they're, they're, like I said, they're in alignment and they, they are who they are. There's this congruency. And so I'm not wasting a lot of energy because if you walked in the room right now, who I'm going to be with you here is the same person I'm going to be when I grab my phone and talk to Instagram stories. And so that's how I conserve energy because I'm not, I'm not faking it. And this is where I think, I think of actresses a lot and I'm like, wow, they must be exhausted because they're having to pretend to be somebody on set for a few days and then go home and be this other person with their, with their family. And Mm. that can really mess with the psyche. And so I'm huge on, it's, it's such a a gift to yourself when you release the need to be anybody but you. And when I came into this space, a lot of women in the marketing, self-help, personal development space, business space, they're very polished. They're very serious. Um, I won't name names, but I'm like thinking of some of them who I, you know, came into it. I was like, oh, they're successful. So I have to be like them in order Mm. to be successful. Right. 
and they're very like their feed is perfect and their emails are perfect. And they, they would never say, calm your tits. Like they just, that's not, and that's fine if that's not for them, but I wonder if some of them might want to, but they just feel like they can't. <laughs> yes. and so there was a day where I was like, okay, I can't pretend to be this news reporter mm. on my videos. Like this is not going to work. And so I just started to slowly unleash it. And I started to care less. And I said, what, what would it look like if I just kind of like said what I wanted to say and didn't care if somebody didn't like it? And so I kind of remember that day it was, gosh, five, six years ago. And I remember the email I sent and I made some inappropriate joke in it. And people were emailing back like, oh, my God, like, this is super funny or you're super weird. And so I think there was like this moment of, <laughs> oh, wow, I can still be loved and accepted yeah. for all these parts of me that are what I consider not professional or, you know, um, aren't perfect. And that's when I kind of realized like, wow, I get to be all of these different parts of me. And, and same thing with speaking on stages, you know, a lot of girls will dress mm -hmm. up very fancy and they have heels and a dress. And at a lot of events here, it's like the, the, the pantsuit or like, you're looking all like da da da. And, um, that's, that's not how I usually dress. That's not what I, what I want to wear. I want to wear jeans and a crop top and I, that, that's what I want to do. And so, a lot of it's been like me rewriting the rules around mm. what I think it's supposed to look like to be a woman in business or a creative or an entrepreneur and merging that with what feels most aligned for Angie and what's actually true for how I show up. And uh, accidentally, that's been a permission slip and and for, for many women to, to be like that. And so, yeah, I think I think it starts with realizing, gosh, there's so many things, but and it takes time. I don't think it's an overnight thing. Yeah. I think you have to be committed to honoring your opinion and your energy more than other people's opinion and energy and knowing that you get to live one life and you're going to not be liked for who you're pretending to be. So you might as well be you, right? Mm, like, yeah, you're always going to get people who don't like it, especially with comedy, you know, starting stand up and, and TikTok and really wanting to express that more. I love skip. I love uh, editing and writing the scripts and, and doing skits and a lot of that it's pushing, it's pushing the envelope and you're, you're playing on the boundary of like, okay, is somebody kind of going to be maybe offended by this? Of course, because it's comedy is truth plus pain. That's why it's funny, you know, like, mm. but it doesn't mean it's not with love. And, and especially when it's <laughs> yeah. like self-deprecation, you know, if I'm doing something where I'm like making fun of being an influencer and I am one and women, <laughs> most people obviously receive it well, but there'll always be like one every few months. It's like, this is so offensive to women. And it's like, dude, I'm making fun of myself. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, I've had to realize like, okay, don't take that comment seriously. That is comedy. And anybody who's doing something interesting in any space, you're going to get backlash. Like part of choosing leadership and choosing being creative and different is knowing that you're going to get criticism. So I actually like it now. I'm like, Ooh, I want to, I want to see if this skit will like get somebody to like, be like, Oh, that's, that's crazy. She said that like, yeah, I want to be interesting. I don't want to create vanilla, boring content. Like I don't want people to scroll and just be like, cool. Another Another girl that's like, go for your dream. Like, I, I just I want it to be weird. I want it to yeah. I want it to fucking be weird. And I want you to be like, is she really butthole sunning? Yes. <laughs> yes, so, she is. She's not wearing pants right now. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I just have this commitment to being weird and wild. And I I want that to then indirectly or directly like inspire other women to be unhinged mm -hmm. and to not be in a box. Cause you know, with women, we're supposed to be in this this stupid box of who we're supposed to be. And um, I don't know. I kind of want to write a whole new story around yes. all of that. <laughs> well, you are. And I think you're helping other women, you know, write a whole new story. And I see that through your community, uh, you know, all the time, all the women getting around all your posts and on your podcast and your stories and that kind of thing. But tell me a little bit about your stand-up 
Have you yeah. been, because I haven't seen this really on your stories, yeah. have you been going and doing stand-up in clubs? So I haven't done, I've done it once uh, last weekend. We did it with a, with, with a friend uh, at their, like they had like a big event. So I did that yeah. there and I really liked it. I like skit comedy better than stand-up. Yeah. Stand-up is interesting. They're, they're two different sports. So it's like baseball and football. Stand-up is, there. there's not many props. There's no editing. It's, it's a harder, different animal. Mm. I like video comedy, digital comedy, you'd call it, where I can do the jump cuts. I can do the different characters. I've got my wigs. Um, yeah. If you guys listening, go back and see some of my reels where I'm pretending to be different characters. I really like that. And I really want to express that more. Like that to me is hands down my favorite thing to do in the world. Like I love nothing more than being like, oh, this is a skit. This is this is a concept. Uh, Clay, my partner, is a really good writer. So we've we've worked together on a lot of the skits. So he does a lot of the writing and then I'll perform and then I'll clean it up or whatever. And I love that. I think there's such a beautiful creativity in that. I love the process of it. I just, it lights me up. There's nothing that makes me laugh harder than just like making fun of myself in a video and making fun <laughs> of people. And just, it's just fun. So I really want to see what that would look like to really step into that more. You know, it's a, it's a mm -hmm. weird thing to, to want as your job. Um, but thank God because of TikTok and the internet and, and reels and all these things, there's now new ways to monetize it through brand deals, but it's a scary thing to want to do because mm. it doesn't make money right away. It's not like a course where I'm like, okay, guys, buy this. It's just like, basically, you're just putting out content in hopes that one day you could get sponsored or, uh, you know, have people come to your show. So it's, it's definitely risky financially. But I got to the place where I was like, okay, financially, I'm good. What would I do if money didn't matter? Like, yeah. I I'm, I'm, I don't technically have to work. So what would I do? And it was very clear that this is what that's what I would do. And it kind of scared me at first, though, because I'm like, oh, shit, I'm supposed to be this like serious motivational speaker. Like, what are women going to think? What are they going to think if I want to put wigs on, you know? And Clay one day was like, Angie, that gift is is just as powerful, if not more than you yeah. saying on stage, motivating them. Like, you need to get this bullshit story out of your mind that you have to be serious in order to be impactful. And so I've had to work through a lot of that, like shame and guilt and like releasing that, like, well, I, I could have done this and been Tony Robbins or I, and it's like, that's not what I'm here to do. And so mm. I'm just now feeling really confident in like, no, pursue this, do this. And, and there's a way to inspire people with, with humor and combine them. And, and I'm kind of noodling on that. Like, what does that look like to do both and kind of to merge them or, or I don't know, find a fun way to, to blend them. Cause I don't think there's a lot of people blending them well. Like you don't see a lot of like motivational comedians. And so, yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of just playing with a bunch of different things, but it's cool to be in a space where I'm not attached to the outcome. I'm more just, I love the process and um, I want to see where it goes. And I just don't think that there's enough female comedians out there. There's still way more men than women, you know? Mm. And so uh, yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll see, but I don't know. The dream would be like a Netflix special one day. That'd be so yes. fun. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. Or Saturday Night Live. That's pretty big in the US. Isn't I mean, it? yeah. Who doesn't? Yeah. Saturday Night Live. Saturday Night Live. You know, what's crazy is it's not as good as it used to be because that was before social media. That was before, you know, mm, Instagram yes. and TikTok and all these platforms. So those were like what we saw as the best of the best comedians. Well, now there's some very talented people. Uh, not like millions, but there's some really good talented comedians that I that I follow and consume and their shit is tight. And I'm like, wow, that is better than SNL. So like it that used to be the dream. But now my dream yeah. would be my dream would be my own sh my own show, my own tour, or it would be um, 
you know, I've gotten a few of them, but now bigger brand deals with, with different brands that would pay for their product to be in the video, I guess, and just be a paid, um, paid comedic ads basically. <clears throat> so yes. uh, like poopery, like basically paying for me. Oh, to yes, poop. yes, yes. I've heard the little spray that. stuff after you poop. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's kind of the vision is like really expanding, um, as a writer, as a comedic writer and like almost being the writer and the producer as well and seeing what it's like on that side of the thing versus always being the the performer. But right now I like being the clown. So <laughs> <laughs> we love oh, you. We, lo- we, we love you just showing up like this, but I was going to say, you would have had to really step into your courage to, yeah. to become, and even sitting here saying, saying this, cause I know on your um, podcast, maybe a few months ago, you're talking about how you're just sitting in the shit. You didn't know how to explain what you wanted to do. You were getting the calling to do more of it, but you didn't know what it was going to look like. So yeah. yeah. How did you work through, you know, you stepped into your courage. How yeah. did you get from there to here? Yeah, yeah no, I, I love that question. I think a lot of it is I've realized the more I resist, the more I resist it. And this is for anybody who's in a pivot. We're all going to go through so many different pivots is not resisting the pivot and allowing yourself to kind of sit in the muck for a minute because when we resist it, it persists, right? So trying so hard to like, um, almost like a, like, what's the term? It's like white knuckling it. It's like, it's like pushing through yeah. um, a season that you actually need to kind of dance with versus like, okay, I need, I need clarity around this. Like something's got to change and, and being so intense about it. And yeah, it was about a year and a half ago that, uh, I I knew I started to get a nudge of like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do parts of what I'm doing anymore. And that was really, really scary to feel. And anyone listening who has had this feeling of you're in a good position, it's doing great. Like, why would you not be happy? You actually feel more shame because you're like, why would I want to change what I'm doing if if it's working so well on paper and, and it seems to be doing well financially and people are liking it? Like, why why am I still unhappy? And so realizing that that part of me wanted to be expressed more was, I didn't know until I got quiet with myself and tuned in with meditation and breath work and really sitting in these quiet moments of like, oh, this is what you want to express more and not being attached to the details or the how it was going to happen. And I'm still not um, while I'm in it. It's like, okay, I'm going to pursue this because this is what brings me energy. I'm going to do more of what brings me energy, more of what brings me joy and focus on that. And that ultimately always has brought me the the outcomes that I've wanted and the opportunities that I've wanted. So with anything, when it comes to our careers, I think it's getting in that vibrancy of joy. Like, how can we get into what do you, what, what do you actually do? What would you do if you weren't paid for it mm-hmm. and being obsessed with that and going all in on that? And that ultimately is when, when the opportunities open you know, so that's kind of how I've always kind of danced with it is like, okay, strip away any ego, strip away any need to have the answers around where this is going and just become obsessed with the process of it first. And then, and then you can kind of decide where it goes, but yeah, pivots are, are scary and they're not fun. And especially if you've been doing the same thing for a while, I think a lot of us, gosh, I'm sure you've had this too. So yeah. many women, this is the biggest thing I get in my inbox. I've been a blah, blah, blah coach for five years and now I want to switch or corporate job to, to, to side hustle or network marketing and they don't want to do it anymore or something else to now they want to start a podcast or whatever it is. We're all pivoting. And I think it's like, instead of seeing it as a bad thing, I need to, I think we need to start seeing it as it that's supposed to happen. We're supposed to change. We're mm-hmm. supposed to be multidimensional beings. Like we're not supposed to just do one thing for the rest of our lives, you know? Yes. And I you think just can't resist in- it. <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, you inspired me to have the conversation. I think I slid into your DMs and I said, oh my God, because I listened to your podcast about pivoting. I was like, shit, girl, are you in my head? Because I worked in radio. I love that performance element. And then I came into, I had a baby and then, you know, started my own coaching program, but I wasn't being fulfilled. Like it was great. I've got beautiful women that are still in the program at the moment as we finish things up, but I wasn't being fulfilled like I was when I perform or when I'm behind the mic here having these conversations. And it's been scary stepping into that because right now I'm not really making money, you know, I'm not, uh, but I'm doing the things that bring me joy. And I actually drew like, I'll show you actually. Let me see this. I sat down in silence and then just started drawing. It's probably not the best drawing I've ever done. Can you see it? Oh my gosh. What is it? What does it say? So it's, I was like, oh my God, I want to take this show on the road and I want to do Champagne Confidence live around Australia. And I want to take my my podcast and I can interview amazing people. Obviously, if I came to the US, it would be you. Yeah. Um, But, you know, interview different people and I get to create the radio show that I want. And so doing that, it's been scary, but it's coming from a place of love. My book's about to come out, which I would love to send you a copy. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited for you. I just wanted to do all these things that were fun. And you were huge when I listened to you. And I've been sending that podcast to so many of my girlfriends because everyone's feeling like they're in the same space. They want to pivot, but we're not supposed to, we're supposed to, you know, that's what society says. Yeah. Well, I think it's like, yeah. It's like we put ourselves in these boxes and I mean, who I am now at 32 is different than who I was at 28. Of of course it should be that way. I've changed a lot, yeah. even the last three, four years and what I want and what I desire. And now it's like, I want peace. I want freedom. I want creativity. I want to be able to first be an epic mom soon. And then, and then career is second, like that, that my, your priorities change and shift, mm. you know? And so I think that there's like a there's a me not resisting that what I wanted then isn't necessarily what I want now. And that's okay. And I think a lot of us over the last few years have gone through that of like, what do I really want? What are my gifts? And what am I here to do? Not what Susie Smith's here to do, who I follow and I compare my journey to, and Mm -hmm. I think I need to do what she's doing. And that happens a lot is this comparisonitis of we're scrolling and we're like, oh, well, she's got a book. So then I need a book. It's like, "Mm, do you want to write a book? Like, does that, is that what you want to do? And so I think a lot of that was, I was getting so caught up at, at, at people telling me what I should do next with my career or thinking I need to do this because this girl's doing that. And it wasn't until I got really quiet with myself that I was like, what do I actually want to do? Like, what would that look like? What type of content would I create? How would I make people feel? What what do I think I'm here to do? And I think that sometimes it can get cloudy because we're comparing ourselves. I think comparison is like the worst. It's the worst. And if you can tune out that noise and literally unfollow and, and, and mute things, I do that all the time. I get on, I create and get off. I don't consume a lot. Mm. The more I consume, the worse I feel about myself. Yes. So I'm like in my zone right now. Because if I see too much stuff, even if it's good, I'm like, oh, shoot, I got to do that. I got to do that. Yes. Instead of being really in tune with like, what does Angie want to do? Because a lot of people don't want to put on a wig and be weird and make skits like that. That might not be true for them. And so they shouldn't go do that. I would not yeah. want... I don't want girls following me to try to be me either. So it's like, why would I follow another girl and try to be her when different personalities, different strengths, different lifestyles, different desires, we're different people, different mm-hmm. gifts. And I think God put us all here to do it, it, it all in a different way. So it's like, I don't know. I think it's almost like you you get to your thirties and you realize like, shit, what do I actually really want to do? <laughs> yeah. And, but you, you know? you've realized that you want to be a mom, which is, uh, do you know what? Yeah. Because I saw your podcast pop up and it was like my doula and my, yeah. 
vagina coach, I was like, oh my God, she's my pregnant. Vagina she, coach. And I'm scrolling through your Instagram, waiting for the announcement post. And then I'm like, shit, I've missed it. Oh no. And then just before knowing that you were coming on this, I'm like, I'm trying to listen to your podcast going, did I miss that she announced that she was pregnant? No, not and then yet. I went back Hopefully and- soon. Yeah. So, so that's something that you're just declaring and putting out there and pretty much embodying the fact that you're going to be pregnant. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, why not? Yeah. People, people embody all random people like, Oh, once my business is successful, I'm like, yeah, (laughs) but I I think there's so much fear around it, you know, that I just like, I'm not available for. And, um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I just feel really, really good and excited about it. So I just, I just think that, um, yeah, like anything else in life, you you got to be in a good vibe for it. You can't just yeah. So, <laughs> so you and Clay have been having some fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. Well, well, uh, I I've decided I'm going to. Um, speaking of oversharing, you know, I think or we were talking when we started. Oh, that was recorded. Never mind. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it's interesting because initially uh, I told him or I was like, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna share every step of the way and I'm gonna tell everyone everything like. Cause I'm that I'm their friend. And, and I've realized I, I called, called Nicole, the girl I uh, was one of my best friends in doula. And I was like, Hey, uh, I realize now why women wait to tell people on the internet. And she was like, Oh, you see now it feels very, uh, it's a lot of energy to take in yeah. a lot of questions. A lot of people DM me asking me who I, I don't know. And it starts to cause a lot of overwhelming anxiety. And so, um, yeah, I just, I called her the other day. I'm like, I'm not saying a word. People will know when they know. And until then I, it's between me and Clay. It's just, cause yeah. you can't, you can't open up that can of worms. Cause now you've got Deborah and Susie telling you what to do with your, you know, <laughs> and you're, like, sh- you're soon- like, shut up, Deborah. <laughs> Yeah, as soon as I announced it on the radio when I was having Memphis, my little boy's called Memphis, by the way. Memphis, that's such a cute name. Yeah. Wait, like Memphis, Tennessee? Well, I didn't name it after that, but it was the song that came on. And then then I found out that Memphis means love and enduring. And so I was like, oh, my God, that's meant to be. And then it was also the capital of ancient Egypt. So, yeah. That's cool. I I do love Elvis as well. But yeah, I know everyone came out to tell me, oh, you can't do this. You can't do that. As soon as I announced and I was like, oh, this is too much. So it's too much. But I prided myself again on, and this is where I'm huge on women are allowed to change their mind and you get to share what you want on social. But it was weird because I was like, oh, I'm going to say everything. And then I called her. It was like two weeks ago. I'm like, dude, I know. So now people DM me, I just say like, hey, it's it's personal. You'll know and you know, and I know they mean well, but I don't want to hear everybody's experience because that's not going to be mine. Everybody's is different. I don't want to hear your fear-based story. I don't want to hear that. It, I don't, I'm not available for that. And so I'm like in my bubble and I'm living my life and doing my thing and people will know when they know. And I just, I don't know. I think it's, it's really beautiful to have some things be sacred. I mean, yes. I, I tell like the internet, everything. It's like, this is the one thing that I probably shouldn't. So I've decided I'm not going to tell people what's going on. Yeah. Well, you've shared so much. And speaking of that, what about your yeah. book? So you've got this yeah. philosophy around ready is a lie. Um, yeah. I know that you were talking about doing your book and you're doing it differently yeah. with your ADHD. Are you still releasing it? Cause I wasn't sure. I know that was that something you pulled know. back on as well? I will be. I don't know when. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not attached to a timeline on that right now. I'm. I'm more focused on the comedy stuff and building soul and focusing a lot on building soul before we sell it. Um. Mm. And so I don't know. I. I actually. I want to. Yeah. I want to. I want to. I want to experience a few more things before I finish that. But I do think that. Um. I do have it laid out. The vision of. I have a lot of it already done. But how. Uh. 
how it's going to be. And it's not going to be like a traditional front to cover book. It's going to be community stories that are, that have been submitted to me. And so it's more of like a table read of all these different empowering stories of women starting before they're ready in all areas of their life. So yeah, we'll see when and how it, how it develops, but I do know that I don't want it to be a traditional front to back book. It's going to feel more like an art project that you open up and it's beautiful and it's got the different stories and it's, you can go in any any uh you can start at any place so yeah well, that's so Angie Lee it's different yeah uh, yeah I love it I love it and one thing that I wanted to ask you before we wrap up because I know your time is precious what is something that scares Angie Lee but she does it anyway because a big thing about this podcast is stepping into the fear and doing it anyway so what is that with you oh that's so good Oh man, I'm afraid of a lot of things. Uh, I think fear, the word fearless is, that's not, that's not what it is. You're, you're fear, mm. you do have fear, but you're doing it anyway, right? That's yeah. essentially, I guess, the definition of courage. So um, yeah, I think the irony is I do still have a lot of fear around uh, what people think or, or, you know, will this work or um, yeah, I have a lot of, a lot of internal fears around that, but it's almost like we teach what we need most. So it's ironic that it's not ironic, but that my biggest fear is being judged and, and somebody miss, you know, um, not understanding me or anything or something like that. And yet my biggest mission is to inspire people to be unapologetic and not care what people think. So it's this constant dance of it's my fear, but I'm working through it. And I hope that it's like this cyclical thing that I'm always going to be going through. But yeah, I'm terrified every single time I press post on a, a story, a reel, a podcast, anything. I'm like, oh God. Oh God. Like I just have a sense of like butterflies, you know, you know, the feeling when you press yeah. <laughs> record and, and publish, you're like, okay, that's out into the world. Oh my God. Oh my God. It's like, you're naked. You're like, oh, somebody's going to judge me. Ah! Yes. I mean, it gets easier, but it still doesn't ping. It doesn't go away. And I think that any creative who says it does is lying because I think actually a little bit of that is necessary to, to love what you do and to, to be connected to what you're doing. Like it, it, it should scare you a little bit that you're like, Hmm, I'm going to, I'm going to share this. So yeah. yeah, I think, I think people think I'm fearless with it, but I'm, I'm not, I think I definitely deal with that before speaking on stage. I definitely want to shit my pants and puke and it's terrifying. <laughs> and then once you get through the first few minutes, you're like, okay, okay, okay. I got this. I mean, I'm terrified to birth a child. Like this is the thought of that sounds very, very scary. A bowling ball coming out of my hoo-ha, you know? But like anything, I'm just going like, to be shaped like a bowling ball. <laughs> I mean, like a, like a, like a, like a, a long, a, elongated bowling ball. <laughs> but, you know, I love to do it like at how, in my house, in my bathtub, you know, like that sounds yes. fucking scary. No, but, like, I love that. We'll, we'll see. So I think that there's a lot of things that scare me, but what's interesting and it sounds cheesy and cliche, but on the other side of everything that's been really scary, whether it's sending the email, posting the podcast, doing the speech, whatever it is, you can attest to having a child Like you were probably terrified too, like excited and terrified on the other side of all of those beautiful things that we're producing as women in the world. It's like, is, is the awesomeness like, is, is that feeling of like, wow, I can, I can do this. So it's like, I wouldn't trade that feeling of, Mm -hmm. of wanting to poop my pants and then going on stage. And then I'm proud of myself that I did it. So it's the same thing with content. Anyone listening, like, you you build the muscle of courage every single time you you are authentic and post the thing that you want to post that feels aligned for you. It gets easier. Does it go away? No, but it gets easier. And so yes. 
Oh, yeah. well, that is my whole mission with this podcast is getting women to step outside their comfort zone yeah. and unleash their champagne confidence every single day. But we've got to yeah. feel the fear because the fear is where the magic happens. You know, I say to, to people like, I'm scared of the ocean. And so, but I live 600 meters and I go swimming every single day. I'm scared I'm, of the ocean too. Yeah. I'm scared of the big waves. I'm scared of the sharks. I'm scared of the seaweed. I'm scared of all of the things. But once I'm in there, I'm like, oh, fuck yes. I'm here. Woo. I'm scared just- of the seaweed. That's so funny. <laughs> like the seaweed just going to attack you. Well, have you seen Australian seaweed in, in winter? No. It's literally like the whole part, you know, down on Mullaloo Beach here. It's like just black because the seaweed Wait, is, is it so winter thick. for you right now. Yeah. Yeah. Wait. So not only is it winter for you, but it's okay. So it's nighttime in the summer here for, <laughs> and it's, it's morning in the winter for you over there. Yeah. We're like polar opposites. Yes. But you know what? The funny thing is I'm sweating. I've got boob sweat and back sweat because I've been so ner- well, I was so nervous before I spoke to you because this was one of my things. I've followed you for so long and loved you that this was a moment for me. And so I was like, this is me stepping into my fear. I get to interview one of the best podcasters in the world. Oh. And so, yeah, I've, I've dripped in sweat the whole time and it's the middle of winter here. <laughs> Wait, so is winter hot for you or is winter cold? So cold, cold. Oh, winter is still cold. Okay. Yeah, but I'm just still dripping in sweat. Okay. <laughs> and you're near, where Where are you? You're near Sydney? So Perth. So the other Perth. side. Yeah. So Sydney is on the eastern coast and I'm on the western coast. And so it's okay. like five hours on a plane. And then yeah. I'm 600 meters from a beach called Mullaloo. And it's really one of the most beautiful beaches in the world. You should Google it. And But in winter, like there's so much seaweed that literally you can't even see you know, your hand in the ocean. Wait, you need to send me a video of I will. what this, this ocean. Oh my yeah. God. I will. Wow. I will send you. Yeah. It's so beautiful here. And that's why I was, it's such a secret. Well, it's not really a secret Western Australia, but there's so yeah. many parts of Western Australia that are just one of the most beautiful beaches in the world, but people yeah. want to come here because it's so far away and they worry about being on a plane for 24 hours. Yeah. <laughs> me, I'm like, Oh shit, that's far away. I mean, it kind of reminds me of, I've heard it's kind of like San Diego, which is where I lived. So it's, yes. it's like very, really beautiful beachy. I mean, that's so cool that you, you know, that it's, it's beautiful and that you're appreciative of it. That's really yeah. nice because a lot of people, they don't think it's cool and they're not grateful anymore, but I love that. You're like, yeah, it's, it's beautiful here. Like, you know, that it's nice. <laughs> oh, every day. And like, because obviously we've been stuck in this state, we've been traveling around the state for the last two years. And I just can't believe how beautiful this place is. And I'm like, yeah, why do we travel again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, everyone here is trying to travel get there. And yeah. So it's yeah. um, it's a beautiful place. So if you come here one day, you're welcome to stay at my house. Yeah. <laughs> we can stick our butts up in the air. <laughs> and oh uh, my god, you're the best. And then also <laughs> our hoo has out in the sun, but we'll wear our sunscreen. <laughs> we got to do both. We got a double whammy. <laughs> oh, I'll have to send you Rosie, who is one of my friends here. She's also been yeah. on the podcast, and she's all about women's sexuality empowerment. Yeah. And she's the one that always puts her hoo ha out. I think you'd actually really like her content too. <laughs> Oh my God. I love that. I yes. love that. Yeah. I follow a few Australian YouTubers and I just follow them because I love watching their videos to Who? hear their voice. Who do you love? Um, well, duh. You're going to know Sarah's day, right? Yes. Sarah's day is yeah. like the queen of YouTube out there, I guess. Yeah. I love Sarah. Sarah does not know me, but I, I love Sarah. I hope that Sarah and me become besties. <laughs> well, you should message her slide into her DMs. 
Hey, Sarah, what's up? I love you're you. You're a big deal. You're Angie Lee. You're a podcast phenomenon. You also She's created cool. epic movements like Ready is the Lie and Pace to Aww. be Brave. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she seems really cool and her cute little, her cute little sons. And I'm just like, man, she just like, I love like watching her videos because it seems like the food there is like even better. And like, I just love following her, yeah. her channel. And, and oh, I love that I'm- you both have a similar, similar accent. Yes. Yeah. She's cool. She's cool. I like her. Well, before you go, because like I said, I know that your time is precious. What's (laughs) a confidence challenge that you could set for everyone that they could Mm. do after listening to this podcast that, you know, to unleash their champagne confidence? Is there something that you could suggest? Yeah. I believe that confidence comes obviously from action. It doesn't come and then you take the action. You take the action and that action and that commitment And that consistency is what builds confidence. So for the gals listening, I assume a lot of them are entrepreneurs, business owners. They want to share their content and what they're passionate about on social. Setting a goal for yourself to be consistent for a certain amount of days and be unapologetic about what that content is, is really empowering. Whether it's 10 days, 30 days, and saying for the next 10 days, I'm going to share a video. I don't care if it's 15 seconds or 10 minutes, and it's going to be just unleashed. It's going to be exactly what I want it want to say. I'm not going to over edit it or overthink about it or, you know, over overthink what, what I'm going to say or do. And building that consistency builds confidence. I really think that that muscle is really what gets people to feel like, wow, I can, I can show up for myself. So then I, I can show up for others. And it's, it's like this confidence you build when you can actually like accomplish the thing that you said you wanted to do. So mm. I have found for me, that's been huge. Um, is setting those little goals when it comes to content creation, like and saying saying what I'm going to do, and I think that that's that's huge for confidence. And and do it with the go through the lens of even if someone doesn't like it, you're still going to show up the next day. Like just keep showing up for yourself. Yes, feel the fear and do it anyway, which is exactly yeah. what you're doing and putting yourself out there, Angie Lee. Thank you so much. I love everything about you. I love your energy that you bring. I love your truth bombs. I love just <laughs> what you what you gift the world. You're wild and weird. Where can people stalk you? <laughs> yeah, if you're ready for the wild and the weird, uh, you can come to at Angie Lee Show on Instagram, Angie Lee Show wherever you guys listen to podcasts and angielee.com and oh we don't ship to australia but for the no, american because girls, I, tr- I tried to buy because i just got diagnosed with adhd and i was like angie and i couldn't bloody buy your pills <laughs> you're like i can't check out shit okay we gotta we gotta figure out how to ship to australia but for you american girls uh mysoulcbd.com and then for you aussies is that you call it aussies, uh, aussies. i'm gonna f- aussies i'm gonna it's figure like out a Z. yeah oh it's like a z Oh, you call it a Z for Z? Well, well, yeah. Oh my God, there's so many things. <laughs> it's so funny. You guys, I'm gonna figure out how to get it to you. It's gonna be that's that's gonna be like a hundred dollars in shipping, though, probably, right? That's far away. I don't know. No, I actually I don't know. Could... I don't run that part of the business. Yeah, I reckon you should look into it, but I reckon it might be the the legalities because there's a lot of stuff in Australia that still aren't approved, you know? Oh, that's so crazy. That's so silly. Yeah, so there's some pros and cons. America's a yeah. little bit more open-minded to like, it's not a big deal. It's just CBD, you know? Yeah. Oh no, mate. You saw how they kept us in during COVID. (laughs) Yeah. Wait, can you leave? Can you leave? Well, I couldn't leave for two years and all my family was on the East coast and I had a little boy and yeah, it was pretty hectic. Yeah. Wait, can you leave now if you want? Yeah. I'm going home next week for the first time. 
they like literally if you went to the airport and what would they say to you? You, you got to go. Yeah, that was that was cut, shut down. It was. Yeah. The airports were shut down. Yeah. They were literally only letting and there was police everywhere letting in, you know, small people like you had. To, my parents couldn't even get approved to come in for compassionate. And I was a new mom. Like it was so. Where, and where was your parents? How far away? On the East Coast. So five hour flight. Oh, my. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. I can't even. Oh man, that's another podcast for another day. I know, isn't it? Oh my god, there's so many things that I want to. Talk I know. To I about. was like, oh god, I don't know if these people want to hear my thoughts on this. But <laughs> all I say is, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm very pro freedom. So I feel like that is not a cool. That is not okay. Yeah. And I'm glad that now you can go see your family. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. And one day I'll come and see you. Thank so you so fun. much. Thank you so much for listening to Champagne Confidence today. The only way we're going to unleash inner champagne confidence in other people around the world is by you getting around the show. So if you are loving it, I would be so grateful if you could hit follow on whatever podcast app you're listening to and leave us a review. It would mean the absolute world. And please come and introduce yourself. I hang out mainly on Instagram at underscore Heidi Anderson. Love you lots.